Hey, Sobertown. Welcome. You're hanging with the Sober Baddies. I'm here with Elaine Schuyler Neal. And I'm here with Sarah Malloy and our main man, Shiki. Woohoo. Yep. How's it going, Elaine? <laughs> and today we're going to talk about sober quotes. Love it. Sober quotes. For me, quotes. The quotes I found on the internet in my early sobriety are what got and kept me sober. I don't know about you, but they continue to get and keep me sober. I love what them. about you guys. They set the tone for the day or the evening sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, if you find, I always would find them whenever I would write a journal entry and I would just put one in the top and it would just like clear whatever was going on in my mind and give me like a, a template for the day, sort of a mood, you know, of which totally, I love it. Yeah. Without, I mean, without quotes, I mean, they've been an important part of my toolbox from day one. They still are. You still get those mm -hmm. quotes. You look back and refer to them and pick one of it. Yeah, that, that reflects on today and that, that's going to help me now. Even now, even though I've this time, I still look at my quotes. It's a big part Absolutely. of my toolbox. I love that we decided to do this just so I could go back and read all my quotes yeah. that I've saved because, yeah. you know, you get along and maybe you start to be a little bit complacent and you forget to go back to the original Tuesday in the beginning. Yeah. And sure. um, I still write down quotes every time I do a journal entry, but I'm not doing them every day now either. Right. You know? I'm more so for me, I... I found a lot of my quotes on Pinterest and um, I screenshot them. I have them on my phone in my pictures. And when, when we were preparing this, I went back through my photos to try to dig up my quotes. And what I did was I went through my photos and I, I literally went to my sober date and I went a little bit before my sober date. And in my photos, I literally watched myself get to the point where I needed to decide to quit drinking. And then I watched myself quit drinking and I watched the photos on my phone and it went from pictures of me holding two beers, pushing a stroller to pictures of like a flower on a cactus or a little tiny spider that landed on my hand. Like you could see the enlightenment yeah, coming through. Sure. And so yeah, digging back to find your old quotes is, or whatever is, is a, a neat journey. Of it. Who's going to start? Who's going to start? Um, I think the person whose birthday is closest to today. <laughs> <She's third. laughs> I'm August. Oh, there you go. I think you're the it's winner. You. Wait, when's your birthday, you. Sarah? March. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Well, yes. it's you, Shiki, because I'm a January birthday. Okay. Let's fire up. Let's start this off. Mate, okay. this was hard just to get my shortlist of five. I'm telling you, I, I had to cut some out. It's hard work. But <laughs> I will go with probably the first quote, the first quote that really saved me one day, stopped me from picking up. It was, um, I was probably about six to eight weeks in my first cycle. Um, I was going through one of those moments. I was, I was like pacing the house, climbing the walls. I was ready to pick up. Um, I then went on to the IAS app, I Am Sober app, where we all met, of course, just to try and get a bit of inspiration. And I read a quote that someone put on there. It's a passage from somewhere. Um, and the guy put on there, um, remember without returning the man that you once were. Yeah, and that just stopped me picking up. I, I sat down, I read it again and again, I thought about it. And I, I could take myself back in time and remember the person that I was and the person that I was becoming. I just remember that was a, the prick I was trying to leave behind. Do you know what I mean? I didn't want to be that person. I was becoming someone different. So that quote just stuck with me. It stuck with me. And that stopped me picking up that day. And that got me through the day. Literally got me through the day. Um, so, yeah, remember without returning the person that you once were. the person, And that's the person I didn't want to be. I was liking the new me that's coming through. So that got me through. And that's something now I still go back to that quote every now and again put myself back in my old person's position and remember what I used to be like to what I'm like now and that's enough to sort of get me through you know and I you know you're so proud and so pleased to be the, per the people that we are that we don't want to go back to being those people so that's my quote number one that's stopped me picking up after about six to eight weeks there you go I love that. That's awesome. 
It totally reminds me too of like the whole notion of recovery and recovering the self and getting back to your, you know, the person that you were before alcohol um, mm -hmm. took over. 100%. Yep, I love it. It's that, it's that caterpillar butterfly journey where it's like, and I think it means that you have to kind of remember, you have to keep in mind like the, the disgusting person that you were and the disgusting yeah. things that you did as a drinker, mm -hmm. but without returning to them, you know, view it objectively, kind of get it 30,000 feet above it. Yeah, positively, positive in a positive way. You got you got to try and remember, not forget where we've come from. Don't take it for granted. Um, so yeah, without a doubt, just sort of bear it in mind, but keep moving forward and thinking the people that we're now becoming is such a different contrast to what he was to what we are yep. now. You know, so that's it. Number one done for me. That's awesome. Okay, I'll go next. Um, this was one that I was it was first getting sober scrolling on Pinterest, just kind of trying to go down the rabbit hole of sobriety to just sort of immerse myself in it. And this quote says, drinking alcohol is like pouring gasoline on anxiety. And this one was especially profound for me because I was, I had just spent like a year taking pills for anxiety and depression. And I, it just, just knowing that alcohol was the con major contributor to my problem, it really helped me. And then a few months later, I, we went to Mexico. It was all inclusive. They were offering me drinks. And I was feeling kind of tempted. And I just sat there in the pool and I was just like it repeating in my mind. I was just like drinking alcohol is like pouring gasoline on anxiety. Drinking alcohol is like pouring gasoline on anxiety. Oh. And it, it just helped me. No, that's awesome. And I, I never was one that a person who ever struggled with anxiety until I drank, but then mm -hmm. it was interesting to me how, how much I could see that anxiety building, especially whenever I would go to quit, you know, it was definitely there. Yeah. Totally. I mean, without, without a doubt, I mean, any problems that you've got now, can you imagine just drinking alcohol to try and resolve a problem it just makes them 10 times worse any problems yeah. that you've got it just magnifies it magnifies it so much when you're sober the problems you can deal with a problem you know you can face it you know front it up and just deal with the problem that you've got in such an easier way than what we're used to in the old days you said you drink and it's just pouring you're right 100 it's just pouring gasoline on it um uh, anxiety 10, 10 times worse 10 times worse yep. yeah good quote which is, which is so interesting and slash funny to me, weird that people think that alcohol helps your anxiety, you know? I know, that was something that I really thought. And so when people, I'll hear people, whenever I'll share that I'm sober, they'll be like, well, yeah, I mean, I just suffer from a lot of anxiety though. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? It helps me relax. And yeah. I, and I feel, yeah, exactly. And I, I have to like, I mean, it's sometimes you have to walk that line between how much do I really want to push this person? Cause they're, you're clearly not there yet. You know, yeah, I've heard that one before. Definitely. Okay. So one of mine is one can choose to go back towards safety or forward toward growth. Growth must be chosen again and again. Fear must be overcome again and again. And, um, you know, mine are love it. Definitely. Some of these aren't <laughs> necessarily. What did I steal one of yours, Shiki? <laughs> no, 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 I'm just here again to take it in. <laughs> I, I know, I know. It. Say it again, Elaine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. One can choose to go back towards safety or forward toward growth. Growth must be chosen again and again. Fear must be overcome again and again. And I feel strongly about this one because. For me, it's not just the cessation of drinking in this journey. It's it's about self-growth. And and like whenever I really started to get my roots in sobriety, my my feet, you know, firmly planted, I really started recognizing that I was moving away from fear. Like the alcohol had wrapped me up in all kinds of fear. I had all kinds of fear you know, putting beer or putting booze in, into that just made my fears worse. And then yeah. whenever I let that go, it felt like I was walking toward truth and away from fear. And so this quote aligns with that. I feel like really well. 
Yeah, I, I find it really profound because um, I studied some change models and there's a comfort zone model that says that you go from comfort zone, fear zone, learning zone, growth zone. Oh, wow. And I yeah. think that that's exactly what your quote is. And I'm so glad you said that because um, this was one of the ones I wanted to do, but it, it didn't make my top five, but it's profound. <laughs> it's profound. It. I love it. So we got it's it in. Good. Is so true. Um, and there's fear. There's fear in front of, you know, on the other side of comfort and in front of growth. And you have to, would you say fear must be endured time and time again or something? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, dude, you got to face the fear. And that's what drinking is. It's escaping fear. Yeah. Absolutely. 100%. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Right. Okay. Shiki, what do you got, Come bro? On. Um, Another one, this is someone, uh, someone quoted this to me early on again. It's always, always stuck with me. It stops me picking up on many occasions. Um, and it is, um, drinking is like borrowing tomorrow's happiness. And it's just so true, you know. If you're thinking about having a drink, especially in the early days, you've got to really play to take forward. That's what it means, it's playing to take forward and thinking about the next day. Uh, Because when we look at it now, I mean, every day is so much easier and happier um if you think about a sunday which is normally the main hangover day sunday's now is my favorite day of the week you know it's, it's great it's got time to do things whether it's family time or job time or just chilling time you've got time to do things and whatever you're doing always i always seem to be happy doing it even if i'm like just cutting the grass or jet washing the the drive i'm happy doing it it is happy um but yeah. if you're drinking the night before you've just you've stolen all of that happiness You've used all your happiness, all the happiness that you think you might have been getting out of drinking the night before. You've, you've used it all up what you might have had, and you're left with just shit for the next day. <laughs> you know, you have a Sunday just wiped out because um, you've got no happiness left in the tank. Um, so yeah, that was it. Drinking is That's like a good one. tomorrow's happiness. I love it. I like all that. Way. I like that a lot. Especially, especially too, because like. Um, I think that one would be good for the whole playing it forward thing. You know, we have to do so much playing it forward in the beginning. And that's a really good one to counteract the buckets. Cause my fuck mm-hmm. it can be next level, man. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yep. And I think it all um, illustrates the idea about how drinking compounds your problems. So whatever, if you want to escape today, like tomorrow's going to be that much more complicated. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. Exactly right. And obviously no happiness yet. It's just the next day. We, we, I mean, the fast forward of the tape now comes natural for me. You know, I, can, I can fast forward instantly without even thinking about it. Um, but in the early days, you have to really stop and think about it and play it forward and try and imagine what it's going to be like. Although now it comes more natural. Um, in the early days, you have to stop and really think about what the next day is going to be like. And when yeah, the day does come, yeah. you're sober. It's so much. It's so, yeah. so rewarding. Totally. What percentage of your um, next days were just like miserable on a scale of one to 10? Because like, I feel like mine were mostly like six and a half, like from a misery scale, like, but I could still function, you know, I hardly ever got to like nine. (laughs) I don't know. 10 might be like you're in the hospital. I don't know. Never felt good the next day. Never felt good. The, the best I ever felt the next day really is when I was still drunk. I mean, they weren't too bad yeah. sometimes. Right. When you, wake yeah. up, really, when you wake up and you're still drunk, they, they were the fun days, eh? But then you get your hangover about sort of midday. Um, but yeah. no, it's very a rare occasion when you woke up feeling good or the next day you was good and it's just an easy night the night before. Um, but again, it's just glad them days are behind us, really. Massive. For sure. Massive. Like, I was never raging. I can probably count on like, one hand maybe two hands the amount of times that i was like so hungover that i was in pain i was that really special breed of alcoholic that could just drink and i guess i was mostly just functioning on like a low grade um constant hangover and i just normalized it and i think Mm -hmm. a lot most of it for me was mental like i was just so just down in the dumps and just like stressed and short Mm -hmm. on patience and yep that's it, and that's, whole, that's tomorrow's happiness, man. It's, it's gone, but you, you sort of took those days for like as normal. You took them for granted. You accepted that totally. those, 
all the time. He accepted it as normal. You, you, we didn't know any better. Yeah. Um, I, I had a couple of slips in my journey and on the slip that I had, I couldn't actually believe that I'd accepted the way I felt the next day as standard procedure for the last sort of like 30 years. Yeah, exactly. How bad I felt. And I thought, this was normal procedure. And I allowed that. I was just amazed at how how bad I felt compared to sobriety. So it's, it's not a hard choice. When you when you do have a slip and go back, it's not a hard choice to make through sobriety um, and, and being drunk. It really ain't. It's really it's unbelievable. Well, all right. right. I'm going to go on with the next quote. Since my birthday is the next closest. Um, you don't get an award for that, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I just get to go next. <laughs> Um, okay. This one, this one was big for me. Um, I've never seen anyone drink themselves happy, successful, or smart. Mm, yeah. And it was just that, that time in my sobriety where I was, yeah, trying not to pick up, but also working really hard on breaking up with alcohol for good, like really changing my mindset so that I quit craving it, but also quit like whatever's behind the craving. It's like, yeah, I kind of want it, but it's not a good idea. You know? And it's, it's just neat to when you start to like see the long term of it yeah. and decide like it's not worth it today or ever. It kind of speaks to this fear I have too, because since I've had so many positive things happen to me, just, and maybe it's not so much that anything's changed, but my perception of it has all changed. Like my joy is so much more and, um, all the things that you get, all the benefits of sobriety. Um, I actually think that one of the things that keeps me from picking back up is because I'm worried about sabotaging how good things are. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Without a doubt. I mean, you do not want to go back to where we was again. You know, remember all that returning. You don't want to go back to that. So Sarah, was it, you'd never seen anybody drink themselves successful, smart and happy. Was that right? Yeah. 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 Because we know that drinking is a one way street. It all goes to what they say in AA, uh, death institutions and hospitals. It's like you're eventually yeah, yeah. headed yeah to the dark the dark side without a doubt i mean and a, a similar kind of quote to that i mean i've never seen anybody uh, become a better person when they're drunk i've never witnessed that yeah, yeah. seems what you're saying like you, you don't drink yourself to be successful or to be smart or to be happy it's just like i've never yet found anybody that's become a better person when they're drunk never yeah. they don't have right. like a mother Teresa in a bottle brand that we can go mm-hmm. out and get. You, you simply don't become a better. You simply don't become a better person. Yeah, I mean, and even right. like like at a party, like no one's like funnier or smarter or more enjoyable to chat with. Although marketing would, would make you believe otherwise, right? Because marketing works yep. so hard to to recreate this image of what we will obtain or feel or gain from yep. you know from drinking, and so there's that yeah that's another really important one for the toolbox because it's that was the biggest one Mm. without a doubt without a doubt so one of mine is we could never learn to be brave and patient if there were only joy in the world and i think right sorry (laughs) 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 because i think too like one of the misconceptions i had early on was everything's going to be better now. My life's going to be perfect. And in fact, like, um, you know, I have some really hard days still, but I think the thing is, is I, I just notice them now because I'm no longer numbing my way through my entire existence. So now it's like when I have the, you know, the sad down moments, it makes me appreciate, you know, the, the other things as well. Like, I don't think that I could appreciate joy as much without the sorrow. Yeah, without a doubt. It's also, you, you learn to live your emotions as well. Like you can't always be 100% happy, happy, happy all the time. We do have, even now, we still have down days, but it's just so much easier to deal with any kind of down days because you know that you know it's going to pass. You know, the next day will be better. And it's just so much more in control of your emotions from any sort of, whether it's pleasure, happiness, sadness, or stress. You can just deal with them at such a different level now to what we're used to. It's just so much better. Yeah. That's a great one, Elaine. Well, I think like you can't really grow without pain. 
And I think that drinking is for people who want to escape, who want the absence of pain, even though they have, they have like, they end up having a lot more pain. It's true. You just can't see it in the moment, you know, Uh and Mm -hmm. even if you do recognize it, you still, you know, you still have that whole physical dependence portion of it that you have to overcome. Even, even though it's only a few days, it's still so hard. Mm-hmm. There's that fun psycho- mm-hmm. psychological, emotional dependence that you have to overcome, which I feel like takes a lot longer. Totally. Okay, Shiki, it's you, bro. Number three, yeah? Okay. Yep. Uh, where are we? Right. Okay, we're number three. Right. I stopped drinking because I wanted a better life. I stay sober because I've got one. Have some of that. Yeah, <laughs> good one. Yes, <laughs> it's well, not a hard choice to make, is it? Now you know, it's not a hard choice. I've got a better life. You know, I've got a better life. End of. End of. You know, this is. And we mm-hmm. said before, I've been drinking for thirty years. The last eighteen months has been the happiest eighteen months out of the last thirty years, without a doubt. Without a doubt, I can categorically say that you know, I'm happier than I've ever been before in my life, uh, or as an adult, anyway. Um, and I stopped drinking because I wanted a better life. And now it's easy to stay sober because I've got one, you know, end of. Do you ever, yeah. does your brain ever play tricks on you though, where it'll say things like, see, you've grown so much more now that you could go back and like, just have one on occasion, you know, just on a little, <laughs> just a little, cause my brain does that to me you on a very frequent basis. <laughs> I think we done a podcast on it last time, you had a voice, of course. <laughs> yeah, he's still there. He's still there. He's still playing tricks on us. But as we said in that last podcast, we you know we know how to deal with that, that those voices now. And like these, we've got tools that we use. Without a doubt, he's always trying to lure us back into it. Um, but we've you know we, we know what we or sort of we hope we know what we're doing now. We keep fighting it and and going with it. But yeah, for sure. Okay, but yeah. that is the perfect lead up. You guys just like poised up my next quote. It's ready for the pitch. Okay. You guys coordinated this. Is it? Is it even my turn? Okay. Here's my next one. Sobriety is never owned. It's rented and rent is due every day. Yes. I love that one. I love it. I love that one. And I just read in people magazine, Hayden Pantier went through her whole like addiction nightmare and her recovery life now. And one of hers was that, um, while you're recovering, your addiction is doing push-ups in the driveway oh, in the yeah. parking lot. <laughs> and I, I don't know how I feel about that, but I've it, heard Drifter goes, say that before. Maybe that's more of a, maybe that's, I can't imagine he heard that from her. So maybe that's a sentiment that's circulated. I don't a know. real thing. Yeah. in recovery. And I think it just means that you have to do the work every day and you yep. have to stay strong because it's, it's not this thing that you get and you've earned and you stay there. You know, auntie's 16 years in and she still does the reading every day and does the talk and the walk, you know? And so sobriety's never owned, it's rented and rent is due every day. Yeah, it reminds me of her whole, like, you know, you don't graduate from this program, which is, you know, another among mm-hmm. the other AA mantras. But I, I think it's really helpful to me because I did sort of have that mindset of, well, it's just going to be done and I'll be done with the work and it'll just be autopilot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why we check in every day, like on the app. We, I mean, I, I, was like, I still uh, pledge every day. I look, I look at my, uh, my, my story from 18 months ago and my photo I've got on there and I pledge every day. We still pledge. I look at my time, I look at my counts, I look how far I've come. It's something we still got to keep in our minds all the time. Mm-hmm. I never stop really sort of working on it. And it's such a good one because it's true. It's, uh, you know, it's due every day. You've got to keep doing it. So I love that. I've heard it before. I love that quote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. From you, of course, I've heard that. Yes, yeah. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, you did not set up my next quote, but that's okay. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Actually, I just pulled up one that wasn't in my list because I don't know, like I have so many like you, Shiki, it would be impossible for me to narrow down my top five. So I just went with. Well, maybe we need to do a volume two of this. There we episode. go. I was thinking we need that, to yeah. regroup. <laughs> but I got I, this. I'm not even hit the beginning. Well, so this is a, a modern quote um, that I was reading recently from Ewan McGregor talking about his um, his performance in Halston. Have you ever seen, have you seen that show? 
he plays huh. the famous fashion designer and he had to, you know, fake drink and smoke throughout. But anyway, in the process of it, he was talking about his addiction and he said, um, around addiction. I wasn't getting away with it. Like I thought I was, it's like somebody in living inside you, which is hell bent on destroying you. And to me, um, that was just really poignant because I, um, I felt like that. I felt so much like it was this other person inside me, this other part of me that, um, that was different. And, um, that I, you know, Sarah, you've talked about before, like, you know, you still have the addiction, but you no longer feed it. I feel like I've got that inner addict demon that I just no longer feed anymore. And that kind of reminded mm -hmm. me of that a little bit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We've all had that person inside of us. And the thing is, you do it instinctively, you know, even there's times when you didn't really want to drink, you know, you come out, you didn't want one, but you still just go to the bottle, you get the glass, you pour it in before you know you're drinking. You don't even faint so Even the taste sometimes, towards the end, I wasn't even enjoying the taste. But as you've said before, Sarah, it's like you're serving your demon. It's a demon yep. inside constantly, constantly on you to drink and drink and drink. And it's just destroying you, it's destroying you. Uh, mentally, physically, it is breaking you down all the time, that demon inside you. Um, so, yeah, love that quote. Again, it's, it's a reminder. It's a reminder of what we was, you know, about that. Yeah, and I didn't know he had 20-some-odd years of sobriety. I knew he'd been sober for a while, but I just thought that was oh. really cool. And he talked in the article as well about how much peace it had given him, which I thought was just really cool. Yeah, oh, I love that. Peace <clears throat> is all that. Right, it's me, number four. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, Sarah, we could cross over here. This could be one of your ones, okay? I've, I've stole this from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope it's not your uh, your number four or five, but I've left it sort of... Fine, I got backups. <laughs> it's one I use all the time, and it is... Um, it's basically... Again, I keep saying about the early days, but even now, like, we get, if you're at somewhere, like a social event, um, people are drinking, and maybe sometimes you sort of... Especially in the early days when you're not quite in the mood with it and drunk people might be annoying you or you might have been craving a drink and I might be pining to get involved um, or you just want to go home and leave because you're not enjoying yourself so much uh, because you're not drinking with the others. The quote is, and you'll know what it is, you can make yourself miserable or you can mm -hmm. make yourself happy. They both require the same amount of energy. Bang, it's just, it's just so, and that's your one, I stole that from you. And it's just so true because sometimes you've got to get your, yourself in a frame of mind where if you're, it's mainly a social occasion um, when you're not quite in the mood for it because you might be a bit down and down because you might want to drink. You've got to think to yourself, <laughs> right, I'm feeling miserable here. People are annoying me. And you can go in a dark place and carry on being miserable and moody and fed up come on, and, and wanting the, the night to end. Or mm -hmm. you can say, fuck it, let's just enjoy myself. Let's just let mm -hmm. me hear that I'm sober. I can talk straight. I can talk about a slur and I can be witty, funny, crack jokes. I can be sociable. I can I can either go down and be moody or I can make myself happy, you know? And it's so much easier to make yourself happy when you're sober. Um, and they both require the same amount of energy. So just go with the flow, loosen up and be happy instead of being miserable. This is like, I love it. This is pretty much like my whole therapy embodied right there. <laughs> like, you know, it's all about the reframe, you know? It really mm -hmm. is like, because you can sit there and, um, I mean, I, this is going to annoy some people out there, I'm sure, but I, I have, I do live with someone who be truly believes that you can choose happiness or not. And, um, you know, there are people who are struggling with depression, perhaps that that might really bother them that sort of blanket statement. But, um, if, you know, in my experience, and I have never suffered with that in the long term, besides just alcohol dependence, every time I've chosen happiness and I've been able to try to reframe, it doesn't always happen like that, but, you know, um, sometimes it takes a few days, but um, it always brings me back to a better place. I mean, it more in a sense of getting you through sort of that barbecue or that yeah. party yeah, or that yeah. where mm -hmm. you don't, in, in the early days, you might not really want to be there because you're struggling because it's hard yeah. or people just annoying you full stop. So it's not about life in general. It's just really about that moment in time. You think, you know what? Why am I being miserable for? Let's just be happy instead. Let's enjoy myself. Make the most of it, you know? Yeah. That's what it's about. But yeah, for sure. I love it. <laughs> I love that quote. I love that quote. I love it. Um, it's your quote now. Okay. This is hard because we're getting down to number four, right? And so it's just like... Yeah. Sarah's still editing her list. I, I'm still <laughs> editing my list. <laughs> Um, 
Okay. One of the ones that definitely has kept me sober is, um, and, and put my sobriety journey like as a priority is my sobriety must come first so that everything I love doesn't come last. And that's been huge for me because I have young kids and, um, I have a life I love and you, you think, you think that you can fit drinking in with all the things in your life, but the truth is, and I always say this, that drinking is your number one priority. It always comes first and it always makes sure it doesn't get passed up. You might miss, you might forget to send that email. You might forget to bring the snacks. You might forget to write the check, but you never forget that cold beer at 5 PM, do you? And so <laughs> Once, once it, it sets itself at the top of your list and then it begins to grow and it kind of starts to take up the space of other things that are important to you in your life. And eventually those things will come last. Just ask the bum on the street, you know? So my sobriety must come first so that everything I love does not come last. Yeah, hundred percent. I remember when I, when I first started, people were saying to me, you're the most important person in your life at the moment. Look after yourself before anybody else. Didn't quite get it at the time, but it's true because you need to sort yourself out. If you don't sort yourself out, you, if you don't look after yourself, then you can't look after others that you love. Um, so you have to sort yourself out first. You come first at the beginning for sure. And then once, yep. you've, once you've taken care of yourself, you can then take care of others. But as you said, Sarah, if you don't, you could then become that bum on the street. You know, so you, mm -hmm. you're and also saying, you're worthless to them if you don't. Yeah, exactly. Shit. If you don't put that oxygen mask on yourself first, yeah. you can't yeah. help anybody when you're passed out. Right definition. Exactly right. Exactly right. So yeah. So once you get to that in stage, the beginning, you, though, like it feels like um, in the beginning, it's a little bit tough just because, you know, a lot of people drink to escape all sorts of things and um, and haven't, you know, especially moms and dads, we haven't been putting ourselves first for a long time mm -hmm. and then that and you get in recovery and you're sort of first forced to prioritize yourself for the first time mm. in a long time you have to or it won't work mm. you know and um yeah I love that quote for that reason and Pretty for sick. me like I felt like getting sober in sobriety it was kind of this it was this new hobby it was kind of a new job for me you know and I wanted to, I needed to be on the app so that I could like get inspired and feel a part of the community and really get connected. And I also needed to make time because I needed to go to those Zoom meetings. And so there was time where I was like, Todd, well, sorry, uh, husband, <laughs> can you watch the kids so I can go to this Zoom meeting? And I had to carve out time for me to spend time on this sobriety. But that's for everyone's benefit. I mean, you look, you're doing it for you. Yeah. For, you know, sort yourself yeah. out. But everyone's long-term benefit. So yeah, massive. Without a doubt, look after, look after yourself first. Mm -hmm. Okay, maybe you set me up. We'll see. We'll see. Almost, see you, almost everything will work again if you unplug it for a few minutes, including you. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> and I just love that because first of all, it's quirky like I am. And then second of all, you know, we all do. I mean, not only do we need to unplug from a lot of things in life, um, but you know, it's just to me, it's about letting go, you know, and it's just about resetting. What are you laughing at me? For? <laughs> I'm just allowed to have weird quotes. It's such an Aquarian quote. It's such an quote. He's unplugged and far out, man. <laughs> it's true hey i'm a card carrying hippie okay it's okay yeah. not really i don't have the bus or anything but still that is your that is a hippie quote <laughs> it's an aquarius quote yeah I love it's it. perfect because it's like stop Take yeah breath start over again restart and that's mm -hmm. a lot about what sobriety is me yeah I think I've had to slow down a lot on this journey. I've had to make things less complicated in general. Like before I was just going, going, going. And even though my business has been really busy this year, like <laughs> mm -hmm. other than that, like I've simplified all the things, you know, and I've really tried to like take things out that aren't serving me essentially. But yeah. yeah. I, can never, I can never understand why when, when we was drinking, why was everything a million miles an hour? Yeah. I can never work mm -hmm. out why it was like that. I was rushing, rushing, rushing 
all the time. Yeah. And now OMG. In, I'm now I've stopped drinking. I just, just so much more chilled, relaxed. If I don't get something done, never mind. I, I do it like it, it, But isn't the Russian's gone? You know that Russian man is gone. Huge. Like, yeah, it was well, like well, the weight of the well, world was ever was on you all the time, you know. Never had enough time to do anything. Well, and I feel like you spent, for me at least, I spent so much time drinking and getting alcohol, and making sure I had planning for drinking that I wasn't really planning for anything else, and so I wasn't really prepared that following morning, you know, with lunches and sandals and all the things I had my kids need to have all the stuff I had to actually prepare for for work mm. and for my kids I was so busy fucking drinking and so yeah. I was always last minute Lucy rushing around yeah because yes. I never looked ahead I oh know my. sometimes I am like was I really functioning though was I mm -hmm. <laughs> so, uh, chaotic functioning at best <laughs> yeah without it was it absolutely was it is. I see people and I'm like, oh, sobriety could do you good. But zip. Yeah, you're right there. Definitely zip it. Zip. Right. Okay. This is my, my last, last one. one. Who's next? Me. And, no, you're um, yeah, Shiki's next. Oh, don't, sorry. Don't cut him. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just really sad that I'm on my last one. Okay, Shiki, go. Sorry. All right. This is my original one. This is one of my ones, okay? Uh, it pretty much covers everything we just spoke about, really. And that is to end it on. Um, in fact, I might have two in one here. I might sneak, I, I might sneak two in one. Um, but it is, uh, don't stop working on sobriety because alcohol will never stop working on you. Um, and it's true because as soon as you take the, your, your eye off the ball, take the foot off the gas, yeah, alcohol will, will keep working on you. It's, it's working on you all the time. Every day is there, whether you're buying, I mean, over here, you, you go to the petrol station, there's like alcohol behind the counter. You can buy alcohol right in pretty much every shop over here now, you know. Um, you walk past the pub, you walk past the sign, a billboard, a magazine, a newspaper, adverts, TV, Facebook, people talk about alcohol, so social media, people talk about it. So, you know, subconsciously, it's being attacked all the time. Alcohol is working on you every day, subconsciously, but you always realise it. So the minute you stop thinking about sobriety and you take your eye off the ball, yeah, it's bang, it's there. And you've got to keep working it all the time. As you, it's similar to what you said earlier, um, uh, Sarah, about the rent's due every day. It, it is, mm -hmm. it's, due. it's a similar kind of quote to that, really. Don't stop working on sobriety because alcohol will never stop working on you. I, I, I stopped working on sobriety a little bit in around about January because I thought I was done. I thought, that's it, I can now sort of continue my life without having to do zooms ias connection i thought i was done i'm, I'm going to sort of try and live in a big wide world now without having to constantly do it and without you know before no time at all um the alcohol voice had come into my mind again after just like sort of two or three weeks of not concentrating on sobriety um so it makes you realize bang i've got to start working and you have to work on it every day the, the rent's due every day the rent's due mm -hmm. every day if you don't pay that rent There'll be someone coming in there. The voice will be coming back, knocking at the door. So that's the one I'm going to end with. And it's a double, a double quote. It sneaks in with it. I won't talk about it. Um, sobriety is not a destination. It's a journey. So there's never, again, it's never ending. Mm -hmm. same, sort of, same sort of quote in the rolling one. It's never ending. It's still going on and on. So there you go. That's my number five. That's my original. Nice. <laughs> yep. I love it. That's that one where, like, your addiction's doing push-ups in the parking lot. Yeah. It's true. It's something I never thought of early on yeah, because I sure. just, I heard people talk about surrender and I thought it was just going to be like a one-off. <laughs> and then people started saying, you know, I surrender every, I have to surrender every day. And when somebody told me that, you know, that you have to recommit to this every day, it, it kind of scared me at first, but now I'm mm -hmm. a lot more at peace mm -hmm. with the idea of mm -hmm. it being a constant thing because it, I don't have to make it big and and you know scary to overcome i mean in the beginning like overcoming those things are really big and daunting but you know later on they're smaller and you know it might be there a little whisper in your ear but then you just no nah, it's fine not today and it'll go away you know mm -hmm. and um but it is still there and it does require our attention i feel like more so i just never thought that was going to be a thing but it it's become okay now that that's there yeah. well, when you read the annie grace book you realize that, um, you know, like they use the word big tobacco, we're going to call it big booze, 
They're working every day. They've got major brain scientists studying how we intake information and what causes us to act on impulses. And Big Booze is always working on you. That media, that subconscious messaging that they want to give you, it's always at work. And you have to be aware around every corner. And like what you just said about Elaine, about you always got to work on it. To other people, and to me as well, before I quit drinking, it sounds like a life sentence. Yeah. I just think, mm-hmm. poor person, that poor like, alcoholic person, they've got to carry on working for the rest of their life. They're trapped. They're trapped in this, this thing. But it's, it's no longer like that. It's, although we're still working at it, I mean, now it's, it's like a pleasure to work at it, you know? Mm-hmm. It's not a chore. It's not a life sentence. It's not, it's not a dark cloud. It's not a weight on your shoulders. It's a pleasure to do. It's, it comes naturally doing it all the time. You're always thinking of things. What we're doing now, we're talking, we listen to Sobertown. That's not a hardship, but for other people, mm-hmm. it can look like we're in a life sentence of doom and gloom because we've constantly got to try and work on our sobriety. Or, but it's not. Mm-hmm. It's a no, so it's we're the free people, Even though, you know, it is. And they're in a doom and gloom because you know what they're doing? They're working on their next drink and they're working yeah. on digging themselves out of that hole that they fucking put themselves in last night. You know, and you free. don't think we're that free. you're doing, you're working, working in doom and gloom, but it's like. They're exhaustively, they're counting the minutes until they can open that beer. They're <laughs> trying to find another beer during the parade and trying to get someone to watch their kids so they can go yeah. find a beer. Like, that's exhausting. Well, sobriety is just, or drinking alcoholism, dependency, whatever you want to put a label on it, is just hitting repeat over and over and over again. You're just stuck in the same repeating mm-hmm. bad loop. <clears throat> and sobriety is a way forward through that, I feel like. And, you know, you know, it's not like, even though it is work, it, it, it brings with it so many amazing feelings and pride and, and community and strength and all of that, that we didn't have before when alcohol was just making us weak and small and unempowered. Yep. And we're now free. We're the free ones. The people that are yeah. still drinking. I mean, as Sarah just said there, they're thinking about their next drink and they're continuing drinking. They're not, they might think they're free, but they're not free. And they might look at us and think we've got a life sentence, but we are the free ones. We're, we're free without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Your last one, Sarah. Far away. Make it a good one. Okay. Number no five. Pressure. Speaking of speaking of continuing to work, um, don't just slay your demons. Dissect them and find out what they've been feeding on. Yes. That's great. And this is my favorite thing I've heard that one dark. Oh, it's just so dark and scary (laughs) and it's that thing where you know like you said Elaine like it's not just the cessation of drinking it's not just not drinking you do that you get that down okay I'm not gonna drink and then you start kind of digging up the reasons why you drank and since Shiki did it I'm gonna sneak in another one it's uh people are not addicted to alcohol and drugs they're addicted to escaping reality Mm. and so you have to dig into that reality that that you were escaping and whether it's you don't think you're good enough or maybe you have some trauma in your past it's like what are those demons what are they feeding on that continue to keep you trapped and in in this escape mode and i just that that that's one that's about doing the work that's what the work is about the work is not about not drinking it's not about oh my god just no you know avoiding drinking at the party that's not really the work the work is digging into yourself and like finding your true self and absolutely cleaning up the stuff that you've been avoiding like I had no not that I have uncovered like some sort of major life traumas that were in a closet you know yeah to pop out whenever I sobered up but I have learned so much about myself and just the ways that I was not coping with things and and um, even just things about myself and perfectionism. And even though I never saw myself as kind of a grungy little hippie as a perfectionist, really, you know, I thought perfectionists were good looking moms that wore Lululemon around all the time, mm-hmm. you know, with a checkbook mm-hmm. notebook that they're checking off and highlighting all the shit, you know, but mm-hmm. I definitely recognized as I went along certain not flaws. I don't want to go into the AA uh, you know, verbiage here, but Mm -hmm. different things about myself that I was just getting hung up on that were feeding into all kinds of negative thinking, which was perpetuating the drinking and all kinds of things. And yeah, it's 
once you start unraveling that thread, it gets a little bit scary at first, but it feels great to finally see mm-hmm. these things instead of just numbing them away and just ignoring them. Yeah. Yep. And you're right, Sarah, I mean, about slaying your demons. It's not just one battle. You can't just think, that's it, I've done it, I've done it. You've got to keep slaying it and keep slaying mm-hmm. it and chopping it up and find that different you know, answers and digging deeper all the time. You can't just sort of win one battle and think, that's it, and done. You've got to keep digging and finding it, you're right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They, shift. they grow a different head. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I have someone in my life that was dear to me that quit drinking for a month, and then... Um, we were kind of sharing sobriety quotes. There was another friend of ours that's sober. He, he's like, I don't know, he's probably got six years now. And so we had this three person text chain. We had this one person that had just quit for the month and both of us were like sober Joes. And we were doing this text chain and I texted that quote. And to the person who was just trying on sobriety just to appease us. And um, I, you know, I said, you know, d- dissect them and see what they've been feeding on. And they sent, this person sent a picture of a case of LaCroix and they said, or extinguish them. Oh, that's not really the, the heart of the work here. You don't just displace them with this new thing. You know, you, you have to actually pull them out of the darkness and cut their bellies open and then dig inside there and (laughs) smell it. Feel it, look at it under a microscope. I feel like Sarah has a whole secret room in her house we don't know anything about. The dungeon. Yep. Yep. So, yeah, I just, it's not just like this quick wash off, you know, or extinguish them. It's like, mm, that's called cross addiction, bro. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, Elaine. Number five, five I, and six, five I and love, six. I love that I get to have the last word, so to speak, because this quote, when I was going through, I will say that this made me so emotional early on. You know, that state when you're really raw in early recovery, you're just barely getting through the moments. And for me, like I drank myself into a depressive state. Like I was just, you know, as you all know, as I've told before, I felt very like, suicidal almost to at the mm-hmm. end, you know, I didn't have any grand plans of how I was going to do it, but I felt so low that if somebody could have given me the evaporate button, I would have hit it in a moment and I would have mm-hmm. just ceased to exist. That's how much I hated or, but I also knew though, from various sober stints that, uh, giving up alcohol, I could return to a place. So I did have some hope because I had gotten to that side of the Island where things were better anyway. I love Albert Camus quotes. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Live mm-hmm. the point yeah, come of years. Have you ever heard that one? What? Say it, Say it again. Oh, that my favorite quote is live to the point of tears. And it just really like hit me. It grabbed inside my heart. And it just, I remember like crying when I wrote this quote down for the first time because just ugly crying because I realized how much I wasn't living anymore. And I had had some sobriety at that point. This wasn't day one. And I was starting to feel things again. And I could like walk around and see like things with beauty. And I was starting to feel that early freedom when you're like, yes, I'm going to get away from this maybe. And if I just do this a little bit every day, I'm going to be okay. And then, you know, like we, I would start to go on trips, maybe three, four months in where, you know, I remember this moment, my daughter was climbing the mountain and she stopped and she kind of put her arms out and took a deep breath. And I just thought that's living, you know, and I felt Mm -hmm. all of it. And it was just, it made me realize how much I wasn't living before, how much I missed. And that one, uh, was always one that I come back to. And it just reminds me so much of how I want to be living and I don't want to be where I was before, which was basically just a slow death. Yep. Yeah. You, you were escaping to the point of tears. Yeah. And now sure. we're living to the point of tears. Happy tears is what I mean. Even the bad ones. Yeah. What you described there is like, how he says, oh, we're like, um, it's like watching TV in black and white, and now you're watching it in full HD color. What you just described there is like that kind of definition. You know, you as you gradually came through, you're now watching the t- you know what you're watching life in color, color TV. Whereas before it was just so mm-hmm. dull and black and white. You know, you just you mm-hmm. just said it that you're flo- you're living, 
you flourish now, you know. Mm-hmm. I'll sneak in my second, my 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 same author, same, same <laughs> author. In the de- you guys have heard this one, I guarantee it. It's been on IAS many times. In the depth of winter, I finally learned that within me was an invincible summer. And um, you haven't heard that one? No. Oh, it's a, it's in the depth of winter. I finally learned that within me was an invincible summer. And I, to me, that just speaks to that, you know, he's got all sorts of great quotes like this. And it just really made me feel like resilience and, and hope and all the things that I had lost, you know, in active addiction. Mm -hmm. And it just made me feel, you know, so much better about where I could go. And that was to me a huge turnaround because I just felt like I was going, you know, toward the sad end that really had no hope at all. So it's such a positive positive. And it kind of gives you hope for like yourself, for like your yourself of selves. Cause you, when you drink, when you have a dependency on any substance, you've abandoned yourself in favor of this substance to make you feel, you know, however you want to feel, feel something different than getting, you know, getting outside of yourself. And so when you discover that there's something inside of you, that's invincible, there's, there's so much hope in that. Absolutely. Yeah. So positive. It's just, yeah. So much more empowering when you've got like that, that frame of mind. Brilliant. I loved this, you guys. I'm super glad I loved it. Right for me from selfishly, <laughs> selfishly before tomorrow. I'm super oh excited God. for this. No, <laughs> we, this has been a long time coming. Like, I don't know when I, we decided we were going to do this and I went and made a list of all my quotes and here it is. It's, it's so old. I mean, I don't remember when this was that we decided. Yeah, I've still got more. I've still got more in the locker. Volume two. What, what's your space? Volume I six. was thinking we should do a volume two. And we, uh, if you, well, you know, what we could do is we could add them to the website in a little block underneath our yeah, post. Yeah. So, I thought that and if anybody yeah. else wants to send them to us, they can write to the email that probably no one has ever sent an email to. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll check it right <laughs> now. I'll check it right now. What was your favorite? Go ahead. Write in. <laughs> write in with us. It's soberbaddies at gmail.com, correct? It's soberbaddies at gmail.com. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> That's where it is. I'll go check it. Um, okay, well, you've been hanging with the sober baddies. Thanks for thanks for dropping in.